Embarking on new beginnings, unpassable, beaten, and never taken. Why effective change is not in changing flaws, but in emphasizing one's strengths and the Torah's radical view on mistakes and sin. I'm Moshe Shomron, and this is the Harusa Podcast, an exploration of timeless wisdom and ideas that have guided some of history's greatest people for over 3,000 years. So I just realized that it's been almost three months since the last podcast episode. What a quarter of a year. That's an amount of time. And what happened was, initially it was a break, a summer break. And then, as with a lot of habits, what I've noticed is once you stop, it's very hard to get back into it because there's a lot of psychological barriers that start stacking up. And the pressure rises to find like the perfect conditions to restart. So if it's a workout habit, it's like, okay, as soon as I get over this uh, cold and then when my finger's feeling better and then next week I'm visiting my mom, but Right after that, I'll start the gym, right? Or diet. It's like, okay, like now it's, oh, Rosh Hashanah's coming up. So maybe after Sukkot and then, oh, I'm going in to, for uh, an event. And after that event, I'll start on Monday. Or And then you're you're waiting for that inevitable, perfect condition. To start, I say with the podcast, it's like, okay, I have a few ideas, but I'm going to wait. If I haven't done it in so long, so I have to wait till I have this incredibly interesting episode um, to first get back into it or I'll wait till I'm in a zone where I'm really smart and focused to uh to to jump in but really in all these situations in the diet and the exercise and podcast and life and all habits the the attitude for success is going to be I'm just starting I'm just starting like this is my goal it doesn't matter how tiny how imperfect it is so it could be a couple of push-ups right now that I'm just doing it. I'm doing three push-ups, and that in itself is going um, in that direction. Or just pop up the podcast and start recording, or start typing, start doing. And that is uh, really, I think, the deeper idea in the Rambam. The Rambam, my mind says that a person when they want to enact change in their life for the good, what they have to do is change their path, change their derech. Just move the needle in a different direction. And what this means is that you don't need a, a entire overhaul of perfection and find that perfect condition, but just set the different trajectory that until now I was this and now I'm that. That's the Yazav Isha Starka. You're changing the derech. You're changing your your trajectory and Badarach, changing the road. Great uh, segue, jump right into it. Let's do it. There's a story told over by Mendel Futterfass, a legendary figure in the Chabad movement, and he was arrested in Siberia in prison, sentenced to hard labor. Why was he arrested? Because he was transmitting Torah undercover in the Iron Curtain in, in the Soviet Union and helping arrange 
for people to escape and he's arrested he's in Siberia and he told over the story that things in prison were, were rough and one of the things that the guards felt prudent to add to the roughness was to ban playing cards no games no playing cards yet somehow a group of inmates smuggled in a pack and during their free time they would play this forbidden game and the guards found out about this breach and super livid they burst in to the quarters of the prisoners to find the cards but they can't find it nowhere to be seen and again and again over the course of the, the next few days the guards would spot suddenly uh, spot check and do surprise visits, frequent inspections, but every single time they came up empty. And yet, each time they left, somehow the cards would reappear and they'd continue playing. And the guards knew they were being tricked because they would hear the sounds of games being played and they would come running in and no more cards. And it got to a certain point, the guards are so frustrated, they do a thorough search, full body, every inch of the barracks are being turned inside out, and again, shockingly can't find a thing and Mendel Flutterfoss is sitting here he wasn't part of the card playing game he wasn't invited or or maybe he just kept winning and they didn't want him to play or kept I don't know but he wasn't playing and he, he himself couldn't figure out like what's going on like how, how do you guys pull this off this is this comes cool clairvoyance going on and he asked the prisoners come on let me in on the secret so the uh, head of the of the crew tells him, we're all professional pickpockets. We have quick hands. So as soon as the guards enter the barracks, we slip the cards into their pockets, into the guards' pockets. And then they're searching everywhere and they're getting all frustrated. And they're looking and they flip over every inch. And then right before they leave, we pickpocket the cards right back. The guards look everywhere but somehow it never occurs to them to check in their own pockets. So Mendel used to say that the first step that a person has to take when they're creating their own path and their own journey is to first check your own pockets and make that decision to take responsibility for yourself, self-authorship. This is you. This is your life. To accept that responsibility to say, I'm going to work on my pockets, on my choices, on my actions. And yes, it requires an honest assessment of what is in my pockets. And a commitment not to deflect blame to somebody else for what's in there. But that is going to be that beginning of anyone's path. And on the season of the Harusa, I figured, what a great uh, selection here. Got the Baderach book. It's a book called Baderach, which... Is a Hebrew word on the path or along the path. And the subtitle of the book is Along the Path of Teshuvah. It's written by Rabbi Judah Mishal. And he brings this story. And he talks about really the fact that we're all on a path. And we're all really on the beginning of the path. No matter how long a person's lived, all their experiences. At the end of the day, we're on the beginning of a path. Why? Because beginnings, unlike Conventional thinking, beginning is, okay, there's a start, and then you go on it. And if you go off the path, then you have to go back to go, uh, to, to the beginning and start again. But really, beginnings exist in a liminal space. Liminal. L-I-M-I-N-A-L. Liminal space. So liminal is relating to a transitional or initial stage of a process 
where you're occupying a position at or on both sides of a boundary or a threshold. So no matter where one might be, you're at a limit. You're, you're at a beginning because you're at a space that you could go in either different of, of different directions. You could cross that boundary. You could cross that threshold or stay on the other side. And that's what it means to be in a, alive. That you're in this liminal state of change, of growth, of development, and it's the beginning of the whole Jewish story of Avraham being told by Hashem, "Lach lecha, go to yourself, go away from what you're familiar with, from what is known, the home, the birthplace, the family, and get to yourself." Open yourself to discovery, to transformation, because that's going to uncover your story. And you look at one of the great works of Nachman and Sipuri Maisius starts off, the first word is, and it's the name of the book, Baderach. Baderach, I was on the road, I was on the path, and this happened. Then he goes on and relays his epic stories and narratives and parables and mystical personal secrets. It's it's incredible. But it starts off Baderach. On the path. And we're on this unfolding path that still hasn't been drawn out yet. Like Rabbanim of Peshischa says, if the path is already drawn out, that means somebody else, you're on somebody else's path. If the path is already there. The secret is, your path is yours. And therefore, it can't have been drawn out yet. It's up to you to draw it out. Sometimes it can be frustrating when you're trying to find your path and find your place and trying to fit in. (laughs) But no, if if you're fitting into something, that means it's not you. What is this path, though? The Jewish spiritual path? The Magrid of Mezrich, one of the Baal Shem the founder of Hasidus, one of his primary disciples defines it as a journey to the tzaddik the tzaddik is the righteous person okay but it doesn't mean the living tzaddikim or the tzaddikim in the world of eternal life that are holy and wise but it's a self-actualization of yourself of your inner tzaddik the tzaddik within you that point of righteousness the journey to awaken yourself awaken yourself and that's the the suggestion that Rav Tzaddik of Lublin makes shame just as a person has to believe in Hashem you have to believe in yourself or Nassim of Breslov says that a person has to have such faith in yourself that you're precious in the eyes of your creator commensurate to the magnanimity and goodness of Hashem that's the degree all the greatness that God is is that same amount, that degree of how much each person is great and important in Hashem's eyes. And that's the feeling, by the way, of when the physical tzaddik, when somebody comes into contact of a great person, of a, of a great rabbi, a great pious rabbitson, what's happening is, is that you're connecting to that point, to that spark within you, that latent tzaddik within you that thing that remains holy and pure and it connects to the to that same light that same light the same realness and that's what we're looking for when we're on a search and we're looking for our story our own spiritual journey 
right? Where we're going out is trying to meet this, this space that we can meet other people that we encounter on the journey and ourselves, the people around us, to help unlock the light of the tzaddik within each and every one of us. And that is the definition of teshuva. We say teshuva, we're in a time now of introspection, of tshuva, as the high holidays are coming up. Elul, the month of Elul, is always synonymous with this concept of teshuva. Teshuva means to return, return. You're returning to yourself, to your purpose, to who you really are. That seeking, that finding your inner light, that tzaddik within, that is tshuva. Rav Kuk wrote so beautifully, it is only through the great truth of returning to oneself, that the individual, the nation, and the world, and all of the worlds, all of existence, will return to its maker to be illuminated by the light of life. But the first step is returning to yourself. When it comes to journeying to the self, it's easy, easier to focus on one's faults and then know what you have to change. But, first of all, it's not sustainable. I don't think so. Also, Rabbi Rucham Lovavitz of the Mir Yeshiva in Europe says, it's a lot more important for a person to know what their strengths are. So, while you might not be focused on what you need to change, you'll be focused on what you could accomplish. There's a great rabbi. His name was Rabbi Yaakov Moshe Shurkin. He was a rabbi in a yeshiva in Flapush, New York, Chaim Berlin. And before that, when he was young, he learned in the yeshiva in Raden, in Poland, by the Holy Chavetz Chaim. And one year, he left Raden and went for a month in the month of Elul to learn in a yeshiva in Navardic. Navardic was known for its powerful, intensive inner work, ethical development, work on character. And he was there for a month. He had been learning in the Ranan Yeshiva, in the Chavetz Chaim's Yeshiva. And then he's leaving Navardic and he went to speak, to take leave to the uh, to the leader of the Navardic Yeshiva, Rabbi Avram Yafin. And while he's waiting there, his wife, Rabbi Yafin's wife, is out there and she sees him waiting and says, let me ask you something. What would you say is the difference between Rodin, where you learn most of the year, and the Vardic when you're here? And he didn't know what to answer. So the Robinson said, I'll tell you. In Rodin, when you see the saintly Chavetz Chaim, you see the great Rabbi, Yisrael Mayor Kagan, you're seeing the greatness of what a human can reach. What your learning is, she said in Yiddish, Vas Amench Kenzan. What a person can become. And what you have to come. Whereas here in the Vardic, what you're learning is is what a person actually is. Where you are holding, where are you right now? Not where you can become and the greatness of what you could be, but who you are today. Who you are today. Rav Cook wrote in a letter to one of his students. We have to see life in two dimensions. Life as it should be and life as it is. Because when you think of righteousness in the absolute sense of the word, complete truth, that's always is how things should be. 
right? The real light, the pristine, the unadulterated purity. But righteousness in the real world, which touches more on acting in the present, is built on how things actually are right now. And those two are connected, alternating horizons on a long journey. We have that glimpse into the pure, idealistic future, but we also have that sense of reality of where we are right now. And that helps us stay on the map, right? Because as we're on these journeys and every day is a journey, every year, every stage, we're continuing on these different journeys and the importance of staying rooted in the map and figuring out where we are right now is the, the crucial start to it, the crucial beginning to enter that liminal space of crossing the threshold of a boundary is to know where you are on the map. But again, not in the association of the darkness of a focus on where I've gone wrong and what I've done weekly and what I have to fix, where I'm exposed. No, the foundation of an effective journey is that clear understanding of the light within that power, the positive character traits, the things that we're good at, the things that we're great at, and our extraordinary potential of what we can accomplish, not what we need to change, but what we can do. The most common tefillah prayer recited three times daily is ashray. The description of Hashem's sovereignty and His concern for all of the world. And there's a sentence there directing our praise to recognizing Hashem's greatness. And it says, To inform all of the greatness in the world, all of the wonders of creations, are to inform to a person His wonders. Commonly, it's understood as His wonders, capital H, Hashem's wonders. Mordechai of Lachavich, one of the early Salama Rabbah says, reframes the meaning to you, to the person. Lahodia Livnea Adam, it is to inform the person, Givirotav, of his wonders, of his strengths. Each and every person, what are your strengths? What are your abilities? Right? Because to recognize that is more important to understand the greatness of Hashem is to understand the greatness of yourself. Shlomo Walby writes that this awareness of the greatness of yourself is the prerequisite to any growth. Saying, it's the beginning of any particular path, any particular journey is experiencing the greatness of man. If you've never dealt on that, dwelt on it, dealt, if you haven't stood on this, if you haven't um, realized this, then all your self-assessment is what? Try to recognize your flaws and the evil within. And then you berate yourself. Oh, I did this. And why are you doing this? And it's stemming from this bad thing. And you keep falling deeper and deeper into despair. And then you become hopeless of ever correcting it. And you resign yourself to complacency and you just accept it. So w- before we talk about self-analysis and assessment, it's not that... It's not that... Where am I in terms of flaws and not? It's what are my capacities? What are my talents? What are my abilities that I'm that I need to unlock? And what happens is if we get stuck in our flaws, then we're veering off the light towards the dark. Or Nachman says Nachman says, anyone who knows, 
the Jewish nation's holiness, their source, and understands their, who they are, their spirituality, their refinement, knows the Jewish people are totally distant from any flaws. He knows, too, that on account of their great holiness, they have no connection whatsoever to impurity. And so all these flaws are all mirages. They're all covers and clouding our essential self. And if you get stuck in that superficial layer, you're not going anywhere. And with this, perhaps you could sum up, says Rav Michel, the teachings of the students of the Baal Shem Tov of Hasidus. What is Hasidus? It's a paradigm shift in understanding Judaism. What the Hasidic movement brought into the world was the shift. A suggestion that there's a distinction between what we do and who we are. So moving the focus of our of our minds, of our thinking, from objects to the subject, to the I, instead of what we do to who we are. And anything we do, we do something terrible, an Avera. It's it's an object. That's not the subject. That's something that we did. It's a deviation from an outer path. But that doesn't change who you are. You take a wrong turn. You don't become a different person. It doesn't change who you are. Negativity is a temporary condition. It doesn't touch the eye of what a Jew is. And this really is the explanation in the Torah's understanding of a person making a mistake, where the word sin doesn't really exist. Sin is a English word. In Hebrew, it's chet, or avira. Chet, the other time it's mentioned in the Torah, is in Judges 20, Shoftim, where it says that the elite fighters of the tribe of Binyamin were so cool, were so awesome, strong, whatever, that they could sling a stone at a hair. And not miss. Below Yahati, they would not miss the mark. Stone splitting hairs. And therefore, somebody that will be Yahati, somebody that will miss, is somebody that falls short, that overshoots, that misses the intended target. Aveira, similarly, is to pass over or to miss out. You missed out on an opportunity for growth. So if you want to fix that, you want to repair the mistake you've made, you overshot. How do you do that? You practice and you come better and you recalibrate and reorient so that next time you're going to be that archery fellow that hits the, uh, hits the hair, that hits the target. And that's the understanding of teshuva and the call of the season and the call of this book, Badarach, and what we're embarking here along this path on the podcast this emphasis on the greatness of a person, the inherent potential, and that focus of where we could go in our own lives and really be the top in our, on top of our game and just be in the flow and be there um, away from that temporary external deviation sometimes that we stumble over. That's why the Torah describes our mistakes as stumbling. 
the prophet, Hosea says, Return, do teshuva, because you've stumbled over yourself. You've stumbled in your sins. Stumbling is a temporary state. It's not who you are. You don't change when you stumble. You're just now in this state of self, small-mindedness that is extrinsic to who you really are. And the journey is to have that shift in self-perception and understanding of the self. And it's going to be great. I'm excited. So... Excited to be back on the uh, the podcast lifestyle here. Have a lot to catch up on that we haven't uh, discussed over the past few months, but we'll uh, get to it over the course of the episodes as they drop. Thank you for joining. If you're still with me and haven't uh, given up on me while we were out, then uh, drop me a message. Let me know. Would love to continue on the ca- the conversation of either what we've discussed today or previous episodes, future episodes, random stuff. All the best. Lots of love. Thank you for listening this far. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's any idea that particularly resonated, have a question, comment, an insight uh, that you would have and like to share, please. Send it over. You can voice note it and then you can play it in a future episode. And if you'd like to support or sponsor the podcast, definitely open for that conversation. And you can read it five stars. You could uh, share it with your friends, family, fellow idea-oriented people. And have a great day overflowing with success.